G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. You might be following the marriage debate closely because the printing of those marriage survey forms is underway despite the chance that the High Court could stop it. Uh, The court is hearing a challenge to the survey that's launched by homosexual marriage advocates which could come down with a finding as early as today. So my advice, keep an ear listening to the Vision National News. We'll be reporting that when a decision is made. Two groups have questioned the legality of the survey and the right of the government to spend $122 million of taxpayers' money. Well, the government has given a commitment not to mail those survey forms until the court determines the case. Now, one of the issues that goes hand in hand with the push for the LGBTIQ push for same-sex marriage is this issue of transgenderism. Well, when you hear LGBTIQ, well, the T in those letters stands for transgender. Even without legal same-sex marriage, transgender issues are advancing into every area of our society, from boys wearing dresses to school or boys using girls' toilets if they choose to identify as female. These issues are already here and being promoted in schools as demonstrated in the Safe Schools program. Well, at the Ministry of Focus on the Family, they are fielding questions from concerned parents about how to deal with these issues. Brett Ryan from Focus on the Family is joining us to unpack some of these things. Hello, Brett Ryan. Welcome along to 2020. Thanks for having me. Uh, Brett, always good talking to you, especially about these uh, complicated and controversial issues when they affect families. And you're getting asked a lot of questions right now from uh, people who are interested and concerned about the marriage debate and this rise of transgender. What sort of things are people talking about? Oh, well, it's just the, the basic one, especially from parents, is how do I talk to my kids about this issue and how, is it, how am I going to respond to it when it enters into my school? Because it seems it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when these things are going to enter into our young people's world. So parents are really trying to find out how to best navigate this. I imagine that we need to maintain a level of sensitivity and at the same time being able to communicate uh, something that is filled with truth and uh, so that the children understand. Uh, Very much so. I mean, we live in a broken world, a fallen world, and there's a lot of people who are confused and a lot of people who are... um, are being manipulated, I guess, for one for a better word, by the popular culture or the media or even in politics or even in academia. And there's this 
constant um, stirring of it's okay to think this way and this is the way you should think and we should celebrate it. And for a, a person who is being brought up with a more traditional point of view, it can be even more fearful and more confusing on how to respond to that because of fear of being labelled and hated and, um, and persecuted because of a traditional value that we've held dear to our hearts and minds for thousands of years. And that can be very, very disconcerting, especially for a young person. But it's, I mean, it's complicated for a young person, but it's even complicated for adults as well. Uh, Brett, let's uh, see if we can make this uh, simple for parents to understand, because unless we understand it simply as parents, it's going to be difficult for us to communicate to our children. So uh, when we've got the terminology transgenderism, uh, it's also called gender dysphoria or gender confusion or gender identity disorder, which, uh, as I understand it, is the old term- terminology before uh, the use of uh, gender dysphoria. Mm. So as Christian believers, though, uh, we're not going to be ignorant of the fact that there's a theological issue here about what Christians believe about male and female. How do you explain that in uh, in a way uh, to be able to explain uh, some of these complexities and this new terminology? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, even for us as adults, we need to identify or, or define the different words that are going around. There's a difference between sex and there's a difference between gender. And there's a difference between gender identity, expression, and then, as you've already mentioned, transgender. And even words that we didn't even know existed before, things like cisgender. And so there's lots of different words we come in. So I'll, I'll unpack them a little bit more. If that's okay. Yeah, let's do that because uh, understanding what the new terminology means and then being able to filter that through our own Christian understanding so that we can communicate to our children effectively. Well, we'll start at the, at the very beginning because God created us in his image and that's the best place to start. He created them male and female and we can reinforce that. There's nothing in the Bible that talks about he made them, you know, different, you know, uh, of, or confusion. It was male and female. And yet we also have to know and identify that God is genderless. He is both, he is a spirit, which means that he uh, identifies both feminine and masculine qualities. And knowing that is that we can celebrate being masculine and we can celebrate being feminine. And we should enforce that and encourage our young people to celebrate being a boy or celebrate being a girl. And that's to be, that's to be, that's to be um, cherished and valued. But in a fallen world, you know, sin it into the world and then it, it resulted in people uh, spoiling what God created so perfectly. And talking to a young person, they seem to understand that because if they come from that biblical worldview, they'll understand that God created everything perfectly and that he also created man in his image. And that's a great thing to hold on to for young people. So, Brett, when we think of what's happening with the uh, ideology that's being promoted, uh, this idea of transgenderism uh, takes it from there being two sexes, male and female, and uh, softens that. And uh, I remember someone just the other day was saying uh, we ought to refer to these uh, two types as sexes rather than genders because the idea of referring to gender is being muddied because of the idea of 57 genders that Facebook acknowledges and up to Mm -hmm. 250 genders that people are talking about uh, as they start to uh, get very academic 
specific about breaking down what gender uh, qualities there are. So, so what we've got is two sexes, but then you've got a muddying of the waters with all of this talk about different genders. Very much so. And I mentioned, alluded to a little bit earlier about cisgender. It's basically the opposite of transgender, meaning that I identify with my biological sex. And that's why I identify it. And it's just been given another... You can't say male and female because you can be labelled heterocentric or heteronormative language. And that's a thing that's, you know, for another maybe another time, how it's been entering in that we can't use male and female pronouns and we're actually being able to say that, you know, you don't have to have a mother and a father on a birth certificate, for example. And this is this language that's infiltrating that mums and dads don't really play an important role. Parents do. They say parents do, but not necessarily the biological sex. But we have this situation where you mentioned earlier before about dysphoria. And even that has been a psychiatric term that's been t- coined for those people who are distressed or, or concerned that they have been born in an in the wrong body type of thing. They've, they've actually they've got all the the external or internal organs that identify them to be male or female, but their identity, the thing that they want to express themselves, is different from that. And that's where it's coined the phrase dysphoria. Brett, we want to be compassionate, we want to be sensitive, we want to embrace people, and I'm saying all people, uh, with the love of Christ. And at the same time, we want to be able to communicate to our children something that cuts through all of the confusion and says there are sexes, male and female. It's a hostile environment when you have uh, a lot of uh, things that are are uh, dominating news headlines, uh, people uh, talking about just how uh, how hostile this environment is and uh, and saying the wrong thing can attract some hostility that you might not have expected. How do you think you should deal with uh, the hostility that's around this issue? Yeah, another great question. And, and as we already alluded to, this is one of those questions that has been splitting families, splitting our society and even splitting the church about where and how we should align ourselves but God loves us all, and he loves those who are even have got some identification or gender confusion as well. He loves us all, and we need to reinforce that. And even though someone may have a different belief or have chosen a different way of life, it means we can still be loving and kind towards that person, even though they may be hostile towards us. We need to still still show grace and mercy. And that's difficult for young people because, well, it's difficult for adults because no one likes to be labeled this. Um, and to be a hater or labelled a homophobe or um, something that is uh, quite quite derogatory. But at the same time, we can still show grace and mercy. So we have to watch our attitude and our heart and our tone because you can't enter into an argument and fight an argument with another argument. It needs to be that we need to learn to listen to where people are coming from and understand that people are going through a lot of pain, a lot of trials, a lot of challenges, and they're looking for someone who is real in their faith. And I think that's where the body of Christ, we need to earn the right to speak into people's lives and learn to listen. However, we're not meant to be doormats either. We need to stand firm on our, on our righteous foundation and believe that we know and that we know that we know that God created us in his image, both male and female. Let's talk about this dilemma that parents have, and lots of parents are already in the middle of this. Children are naturally curious. They're asking questions questions. They want to hear insight coming from their parents. They don't want parents 
to hide from it. They want to be informed. In fact, it's probably the best thing as a parent to be able to communicate the truth to children in a sensitive way. Uh, How do you think parents ought to go about that? Is there any particular uh, formula? Is there some tips you can give us, Brett? Well, the formula is really going through the pace and the understanding and maturity of your child. Asking lots of questions is a very good place because you have, a, you have what I call the first voice privilege and kids see you as the ultimate authority, especially when you're younger kids. When they're teenagers, they think they know it all. But as when you're younger, you are the ultimate authority. But you don't have to be an expert and even identifying that you don't understand it all, but you will endeavor to find the answers, especially with the, when they've got a question that you don't know the answer to. Don't make it up. And don't come down to think that you are the expert, but give them the truth. Give them your your feelings, but also you can't express your own frustration and anger because then they'll pick up that vibe. They'll pick up that um, that negativity or that frustration or annoyance that you're having. But you need to show them grace and mercy like God has shown us. God has shown us his mercy. We're all fallen of our ideal. We're not ideal beings. We're broken people. And our young people need to pick that up. But we also need to make sure that we reinforce that, you know, God made us humans in his image. We need to know that we are born that way. But then there are a lot of people who are confused, as I mentioned before, and God didn't make them that way. There's a We're a broken world. But then also the argument that we need to actually come to terms that even experts haven't come to a conclusion about this. And you can tell your young people, even the experts are in disagreement. Some people say they're born that way, but there's been no genetic predisposition or genome that is identified as a gay um, gene. And then we actually have to say that there's maybe trauma has happened and it causes a confusion in people's minds. And then there's an aspect that people say that, well, it may be just a choice. Well, that is true. There's a big, a vast majority have been that it has made a, an informed decision. Well, an ill-informed decision, but an informed that they've actually chosen that lifestyle for whatever reasons. So even the experts come into disagreement about this. So as parents, we can't come as experts, but we do need to know that we can actually talk to our young people and, and celebrate them. Why do you think... Uh, what are the, what's the best thing about being a boy and what's the best thing about being a girl? Asking them questions and reinforcing your value, your, um, your affirmation of who they are. And that actually makes them feel secure. In a world that's going to be a lot of, they're curious, they're confused, they maybe have some fear, they may even laugh and point and things like that. We need to show them and role model dignity and respect for all people, even people who are broken in their in their sexuality and in their confusion. And Brett, uh, some parents will have children who are going through what they might describe as a time of gender confusion uh, or into their teenage years even. And as I'm aware, as you'll be, that uh, oftentimes and perhaps in most cases, children grow through that and then they identify with uh, their maleness or their femaleness as they were born. Uh, what are your thoughts, uh, just very quickly, for parents who might be having uh, in their own family children who are going through this time and thinking that they need to react in some way? Yeah, it's a, that's an excellent question. It's a question that's been um, on a lot of the articles that I've been trying to read and people who have been doing lots of studies on this that have been starting in basically in the early 70s 
especially in countries like the Netherlands or even the US. John Hopkins was pioneers in this area and they've done a lot of studies and research. And initially they thought that, you know, the best thing you can do is to affirm them, to, to go along with what their feelings are and, and to even start um, treatment and hormonal or surgical interventions. But they've realized with these longitudinal studies that it hasn't helped them. And in fact, the studies are actually saying that suicide and, and suicidal ideation and depression is almost double for those people who, who didn't go through gender reassignment. So for a child that may be identified, a lot of the research is actually saying is not to affirm them, not to fight them, but also to actually not change their name or encourage them, their room and their colours, um, and, um, and just to allow them to be who they are, especially when they're in public, and that to reinforce uh, who they are. But it's really important, ideally, for mum and dad to be on the same page on this. Because whenever there's confusion or anywhere there's any uh, tension between mum and dad, kids pick that up. So the, all the studies are actually saying is just relax, don't affirm them, don't go down that pathway, especially don't go down the idea of, um, you know, hormonal blockers or any surgical intervention. And I think the latest study that I've read was about 98% of children who at once had some sort of confusion, once they exit their adolescence or enter their adolescence, actually, as you've already mentioned, go back to their biological gender. Okay, 98%. It's a pretty overwhelming number. And I imagine that the message in there is for parents who may be faced with that is uh, don't panic. And I also just very... a lot harder to do. That's that's true. Uh, The ways that you might reverse a trend, there does appear to be some momentum in this transgender issue. Uh, For Christian believers who say, I'm just going to hide in my little hidey hole and hope it all passes by, uh, the idea of reversing that trend really means that Christian believers need to speak up because uh, we have an objective foundation for truth, don't we? Uh, Male and female created in the image and likeness of God. Uh, That is something that Christians need to be aware of. Uh, We're called to speak up, Brett. Very, very much so. But we also have to do it with grace and mercy. I, I, I look at the role modeling of when Jesus spoke to people. He didn't try and argue with them intellectually, um, but he just showed them great compassion. And it was something that there, that was in his essence and his spirit that actually caused the greatest amount of transformation. Sometimes we didn't even know what he actually said. So, you know, Zacchaeus up in the tree, but we knew he transformed. His whole life turned around. And I don't think he did it with academia. He didn't do it with, you know, logical arguments, but he did it with grace and mercy. And I think that's we can take a leaf out of Jesus's book. But we also need to know that we can't necessarily bring it from a... Um, from a moralistic point of view or from a faith base, you know, because if people don't have that as their paradigm and don't have that as their in their language or their narrative, it's very hard to say the Bible says or Jesus says when they don't even understand who Jesus is or what the Bible says. But we can give it with let's be aware of what's actually taking place in our world today. And I think that's where we can um, give some sort of evidence to actually say, this is what the data is actually saying. This is where it's coming from. And even um, secular and scientists are actually uh, identifying that those who actually are gender confused, it may be a mental health issue. It may be something that we, we don't we understand and we need to help and we need to um, explore this rather than celebrate it and whether actually endorse it or encourage it we need to take it slowly because 
we see it, and I think there was a, a, a TV show just recently that actually advertised a program about someone that was a boy that wanted to be a girl, then wanted to go back to be a boy, or it may have been the other way around. But then, due to political correctness, it was taken from the TV show. So we live in, as you've already identified in your opening remarks, we live in a very hostile environment, but we do need to show love and mercy. And when it comes to this area, you know, we, we should... We stand firm on our foundations, and it may get to a point where we agree to disagree, but never leave it so we try and maintain a relationship with a person, because you might be the only person that can show them the love of God in our lives. And if you break that friendship and break that relationship, maybe that's the only conduit they had. And if we can do that with with God's help and His wisdom, then I think we can really earn the right to speak into people's lives who are going through a very painful and a very, very challenging time in their own lives. Well, Brett Ryan, always good getting your insights. I'll point people to the Focus on the Family website, families.org.au. There's good resources there. As a parent, uh, you might be going through all sorts of things and resources on a lot of different topics that you can access at the families.org.au website. In fact, we have a whole article on this if people would like to go to our website on the top of our the screen on the on that families.org.au sorry families.org.au there's a whole lot of downloads when transgender issues enter your world and that's a free download for um, all of your listeners if they'd like to go to that website uh, Brett Ryan thanks so much for your insights today thanks for being with us on 2020 you're more than welcome Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.